Roethlisberger wants to return as quarterback. Art Rooney will take him back only if he plays at a much, much lower salary. And that still wasn't my main takeaway from everything Rooney had to say in his annual session with reporters yesterday. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. I do one of these every Monday through Friday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I've also got Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. The Rooney session is always a pretty good one. If you bring a microscope to it, he will say things. You just have to be listening for them. And even then, once you're listening for them, you still have to apply some interpretation as well as precedent based on how he said it. So, no, I I wasn't really floored by anything related to Ben. Every indication had been that Ben was going to come back. Every indication had been that the Steelers would want him back, and all logic would dictate that they'd want to do so with a restructured contract that allows them to keep better players around Ben. Furthermore, Ben, speaking up later in the afternoon, saying that he and his agent, Ryan Tolner, went to the team already, preemptively, and offered to restructure, also isn't news, uh, at least not in the context that, you know, Ben said to everyone within minutes of the loss to Cleveland that he wanted to have Juju back. Well, you don't make a remark like that, A, if you're not coming back yourself, B, if you're not already having thoughts about the necessity to restructure your contract. For anybody who doesn't know, Ben's cap hit is $41.25 million. Assuming the NFL's cap ends up around 170, 175, and until that's official, you can only guess at that sort of thing, Ben would be chewing up almost a quarter of it. You just can't do that. You can't build a competitive roster like that. Never mind offense. You can't do anything on defense either. Worse, you risk losing key pieces toward the future. And by key pieces, I mean T.J. Watt. You know, not necessarily this offseason, but beyond that. You've got to make sure that you're taking care of your cap, both for the coming season and toward future commitments. So no, none of that was like, whoa, Art said this or Ben said that. I I was way, way, way more into something else entirely. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at Fubo TV. If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable as most of us do, Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports and now including AT&T SportsNet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, Go to FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time, FuboTV.com slash DK, 15% off your first month. Out of the 20-plus minute session that we had with Rooney, this was the quote that jumped out for me, and I'm now quoting directly. We have to start with a commitment to the running game, 
And that's something that I'm not sure we've always had. So as we look at changes to the coaching staff, I think that'll be part of the mindset. Again, that's Art Rooney, verbatim. And wow. See, that's the one that hit me. Sure, it's really, really obvious. I mean, they finished 32nd in the NFL in the run. If they'd run backward on every single snap, they couldn't have finished lower. Rooney also made very clear in a separate reply that he doesn't expect James Conner to be back. He didn't say that, nor did he say that he doesn't want James Conner back, but he said that you're going to have a different look to the running back room next year. James is going to be a free agent. Again, you have to look at precedent. You have to look at how it was said. James Conner will not be the Steelers' running back in 2021, nor will he be in the running back room in 2021. They're going to go find one. Maybe they'll draft one. Maybe it'll be free agency. I find both to be palatable options. Maybe they'll give more opportunities to Anthony McFarland, but obviously uh, from what we saw of McFarland, in fairness, he didn't get a ton of snaps, and when he did, they weren't plays that were really designed for him, meaning to take advantage of his speed. It's just him running between tackles behind an offensive line that really didn't want to run block. We'll see how he matures. I like McFarland. I'm not down on him after this past year. I'm not going to hold that one against him. I'm not nearly as optimistic about Benny Snell, and I don't care at all about Jalen Samuels. So what's left? Eh, they got to go get one. They got to go get one. But that's not the part of the quote that got me either. It's this. Going to read this part again. We have to start with a commitment to the running game. And that's something that I'm not sure we've always had. Let me tell you that when people like you and me talk about commitment to the running game, we can hear different things. In the football world, in football lingo, commitment to the running game means exactly one thing. It means you run the ball, and then you run the ball again. And when that doesn't work, you run the ball again. That is the only, only interpretation of that in the football world. It's not about personnel. It's not about strategy. It's not about play design. It's about did you try to establish the run? My friends, that is 100% about the coaching. And that came from the owner of the franchise. Oh, wait, very next sentence. So as we look at changes to the coaching staff, I think that'll be part of the mindset. All right, Randy Feetner got fired. Part of the mindset addressed. Sean Surrett, offensive line coach, pretty much an apprentice under Mike Munchak before that, fired. James Daniels, 17-year tight ends coach, retired. I'm always skeptical of retired. Let's put it that way, in sports. Uh, 
across the board. I'll just leave that there with all due respect to Coach Daniels. But he's not around either. Who else is involved in the running game? Oh, yeah, wait, the head coach. And that's really the money aspect to this. If Mike Tomlin wanted to commit to the run, he didn't need to replace his offensive coordinator, his offensive line coach, his tight ends coach, or even his running back for that matter. All he needed to do was to say, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're playing the Cincinnati Bengals today, and we are going to run the ball. And you know where we're going to do it? We're going to do it between the tackles. We are going to run until our elbows are bleeding. Never happened. Never happened. You know which game stands out for me in this regards? A game you've probably already forgotten. It was down in Jacksonville. And as I'm watching this game from the press box, which is at a little bit of an angle in this particular stadium, but you can see running lanes and running holes when the Steelers were at a certain end of the field. And they never attempted to go through the middle. The Jaguars, in addition to being a terrible football team, obviously, were really, really, really bad at stopping the run. And I remember saying to myself, at one point before the game started that day, that if all the Steelers do is to try to cut around the edges, to run toward the ends, they'll get their yards but they won't be improving. They won't be getting any better. And you know what? James Conner actually had a decent output that day, 83 yards. It wasn't, you know, Herschel Walker, but it was, it, was a, it was a decent day compared to what they'd been doing. And he had something kind of snotty to say after the game, as, as he would often do this season, about, you know, oh, you're still criticizing our running game or something like that. And then Tomlin did something like that, too. You guys going to still talk about our running game? Yeah, because you didn't run in a way that mattered at all. You didn't establish your ability as a football team to get a single freaking yard when you needed it. And right to the bloody end in the playoff game against the Browns when you needed one yard. One yard. You wouldn't go for it. No, no, no. You couldn't go for it. Because you, the head coach, had no faith in the play calling to get that run, in the offensive line's ability slash willingness to get that run, or your running back's talent for getting that run. And the only point in time where that could have been addressed was through the regular season, in Jacksonville, in Cincinnati. Stuff that I was writing at the time like crazy probably came across like, like I was nuts. What do you mean? They're 11-0. Quit complaining. Well, they got 83 yards or they got 120 yards. What they weren't getting these yards the way they needed to. And the fact that the owner saw this, recognized it, and very clearly, judging not just by this quote, 
but also by the actions that have followed this season, meaning the firings that have come, and presumably more to come, not necessarily firings, but changes in personnel, changes at running back, maybe draft decisions, that all of that very clearly came from the owner. And good, wonderful, but where was it when it was needed? Where was it? When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that encompasses this podcast and leave it in the comments right under there. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Jess, who asks, DK, in all your time covering the Steelers and Kevin Colbert, what's one move you've heard that he made that he would take back? Or the reverse, one move he thought about making that he didn't and wishes he did? I, I can't help to start laughing right off the bat as I'm reading this because to know Kevin Colbert is to know that the more you talk to him, the more you spend time with him, the more casual and easygoing the conversation gets, which is how it would get to the kind of topics that you're describing, the further it gets away from football. The man will not talk football with you. I don't know how else to put that. He is a passionate fan of the Penguins and Pirates, and he will talk hockey and baseball with me all day long. He'll talk about personal things. He asks a lot about the business, about DK Pittsburgh Sports, whatever, whether it's the the writing component or anything. And we can go on about that. He is, I've described him to people many times as your uncle working the barbecue grill. You know, but like really governing it, like really making sure that all of the meats are properly managed. That's that's Kevin Colbert. If I were at any point, and I've tried, believe me, to say to him, hey, Kev, yeah, it's really good that you've got sausage and burgers and kielbasa going on here, but... What about drafting Jarvis Jones? Like, where does that rank for you? You know, I mean, I just wouldn't be able to pull it off. That said, my answer to your question, since he never answered, is that it has to be Jarvis. Uh, For the most part, Colbert's made some pretty good moves. Not everybody that he has signed has turned out to be, you know, a star or capable or even willing. I mean, he's, he's had his Ladarius Greens. He's had his many cornerbacks and defensive backs who haven't panned out from the draft. He had Artie Burns, for crying out loud. But the one that leaps to mind is Jarvis, because Jarvis was a 
a high pick, and I'll never forget sitting in that press conference area the Steelers have on the south side with Tomlin and Colbert both brought out to us together after that first round. The happiest human beings you've ever seen, Jess. Like, they could not. This wasn't not an act. You know, you, you always hear at these drafts, I couldn't believe he was available when we picked. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. They legit were fired up beyond words. It was just a gift from above that Jarvis was available to them. Mike Tomlin used the word special, and he said it with that very big, uncomfortable grin that you see him have occasionally. Colbert was no different. And yet, most of the scouting that had been done on Jarvis was clear as day that he lacked the physical capabilities to be an NFL edge rusher because he'd never be able to bull rush anybody. He just wasn't built that way. You can only reinvent the wheel so much. And the Steelers had done some of that to their credit. You know, with Lamar Woodley, Lamar Woodley didn't really profile to play out there either, but they had reasons to believe that he could adapt, that his athleticism and bulk and size and everything would allow him to do everything that you'd need from an edge rusher. And you know what? They were right. Woodley came to them largely as clay as it relates to being an edge rusher. And he was coached into being that in a very good one. It was not super long period of time, but a very good one when he was. Jarvis never had a chance. Jarvis had to come in right off the bat and just be this master of technique because he couldn't move anybody. If he was facing a left tackle of even average NFL size for the position, and most of them are more than that, he was just engulfed. He was just swallowed whole. You didn't even know Jarvis existed. If you didn't find 95 on your flip card, you wouldn't know he was on the team. What could they possibly have been thinking, A, to draft this player in the first round, and B, to show up at that press conference that happy? Now, to their credit, they didn't make that mistake again. They did pretty well, actually, with a couple other edge rushers since then, and maybe now a third one, if Alex Highsmith continues to mature. They've also learned... And when I say they, I'm referring to both Colbert and Tomlin to not show up at these press conferences glowing and using words like special because they will get thrown back in your face by people like me. I hope that answered your question. Never, ever going to get something like that out of actual Colbert. Thanks for that, Jess. And thanks to everybody for listening to this show all week long. Uh, if you like it, pass the word. The more the merrier. We'll be back on Monday. Point Park 
York University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.